fictional friends and welcome to this bonus episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we're wrapping up 2022. We're finishing off the year. We're tired and we figured, (laughs) you know. Full disclosure. Yeah, and we figured that we would wrap this year up with a little bonus episode of a slightly newer release for once because we don't tend to do that very often. True. We do have, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, why do we cover things that came out so long ago? Because we've watched them several times usually. I think that's mostly what it is. It's also my fault because, you know, I don't watch movies. You really don't. We gotta get you. We gotta get you to the fucking movie theater more often. (laughs) Yeah. Dan won't mind. Get back into that. Exactly. Um, And so we decided that this week we would talk about the 2022 adaptation of the very popular book Where the Crawdads Sing. Um... I read this book a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and Shireen hasn't, and it was really interesting. This is going to be interesting to talk about, I think, because we'll get to see sort of contrasting views. Shireen's only watched the film, Mm. and I've now watched the film and read the book prior to watching the film, so Mm. I'm very curious to see all of the different things that we have to say about it throughout the course of all of this. But thank you so much for joining us for this bonus episode. If you're here during the holidays, hey, we hope you're also wearing pajama pants and just, you know, not doing anything that requires any effort at all. Eat the stuffing. Oh my God. Leftover stuffing. All the leftover turkey that you can Mm. manage and the mashed potatoes and Mm. anything else that you want. Now I'm going to get hungry. I'm hungry now. (laughs) Now I want mashed potatoes and stuffing. Uh, Mashed potatoes and gravy would be great right now <laughs> oh boy we can't we're gonna talk about food all day so we're not gonna do that what we are go gonna do though way. is we're gonna get into things right now and we're going to talk about where the crawdads thing there's no fingerprints on the railing great stuff no fingerprints being isolated was one thing being hunted quite another Marsh girl. She killed him. I know you have a world of reasons to hate these people. No, I never hated them. They hated me. They harassed me. Oh, they never did see me here. You want me to beg for my life? I won't. They're not deciding anything about me. In spite of everything, I'm trying to stomp it out. Life persists. Way out yonder, where the crawdads sing, the marsh knows one thing above all else. Every creature does what it must to survive. So, the movie premiered in July of 2022 and was just recently released on Prime. Right? Prime. Yeah, on Amazon That's Prime. It. I think it came out maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, no, about two months. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> yeah, but on Prime, I think it was sometime in the last few weeks. 
Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Where the Crawdads Sing is an adaptation of the 2018 novel of the same name by Delia Owens, and it currently has a rating of 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb and, ooh, 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa! The critics do not like this movie. Interesting. The audience score is super fucking high, but the critic score is Yeah, I liked low. it. What's the audience score? 97. Yeah, see? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle with this, but I think that that's what we need to talk about a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, so yeah, I read the book, yeah, probably a couple of years ago, also in the midst of like people still talking about how great it was. So I was very interested to kind of like see what all the hype was about. And I wasn't disappointed. I really enjoyed this book when I read it. I don't know if it was like one of the best books I've ever read in my life, but it was very good. Um, the I don't even know how to describe it. The prose in the novel is excellent, sort of the descriptions, yeah. because the uh, the story takes place in North Carolina, like very far into the marshes in North mm. Carolina, and the setting itself, the marsh itself, and all of the surrounding wetlands are like almost a character in the story, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was an interesting thing, you know, particularly because I'm not from an area like that, so it's fascinating, I find, to read about... A, d- a different type of environment than what you're used to. And it's interesting that, like, so I watched this on my own, and I was, like, so I went into it completely blind. I had no idea what this was about. I knew that it was very much hyped up. I knew that there had been some controversy around it as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I had no idea what the story was about. And so when I watched it, I thought it was amazing. I thought the movie was fantastic. Um, it was almost like, you know, everything I'd want from a Nicholas Sparks book or movie with if a, it was good with a mystery uh, element to <laughs> yeah, it I exactly guess. um and you know they do mention the marsh a lot throughout the movie but it was only when we watched it together that you explained how in depth they talk about the marsh oh boy. that I actually appreciated like how much of a presence it has mm-hmm. in the movie you know because you know at one point he says Tate says to her I didn't think you'd ever leave the marsh and I'm like that's so weird like why would he say that? You because, know, like that's such a strange yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah. it is it is really like its own character. And yeah. um, the title character, her name is Kaya. Um, she really, she is like at one with like the marshland mm-hmm. and everything around it because it's all she's known really her yeah. entire life. So it's, it is, it's like its own sort of separate character that's like an overarching character that kind of blankets everything else that happens within the story is the setting itself. Yeah. I think the marsh is the only, you know, thing in her life that has been constant. Yes. So uh, basic sort of overview from the beginning. Um, the story does jump back and forth between different times to kind of um, piece together little bits of information that you need to know mm. as you need to learn them throughout the course of the story. So at the beginning, what we see right off the bat is that um, out in the marshlands, the sheriff and, well, two young boys are riding their bikes, if I'm not mistaken, and they come across what they're not sure of at first, but what quickly they see is a dead body mm. lying in the marshes. So obviously... Police are called. Sheriff and his deputy show up to try and understand what has happened. Mm. They inspect the body, and after having done so, they try to figure out what's happened to this man who's dead, and they quickly name him as Chase Andrews, who is a local kind of big shot in the community. He used to be the high school quarterback, and he's very well loved Mm. by everyone. 
they follow their understanding of what's happened to him. It appears that he's fallen from a great height and that takes them up this very large fire tower that exists within the marsh. Mm. Um, And basically very quickly looking at all of the evidence, not that there is very much around them, they quickly realize that he's basically either fallen or been pushed from this fire tower through a hole that exists in the grate system up there at the top of the tower. And I think because he's such um, a respected and loved member of this community, Mm -hmm. like Megan said, he's quite a big shot. He's like your high school quarterback turned like politician kind of yeah, level he's, of he's like, the golden boy yeah, of the he's town. the golden boy um so i think because of who it is they decide to take this more as like a murder investigation than he fell mm-hmm. or it was an accident yes so uh the pro- well, the sheriff visits the medical examiner's office who's taken a look and has confirmed yes he died from the fall mm. um and you know, when evidence was taken, so this, by the way, just to give everybody a background as far as like, you know, DNA being available or not or whatever, mm. I can confirm that no, mm. this takes place in 1965 and we have flashbacks to 1953. Mm-hmm. So at that time they would have had fingerprints, but DNA would not have been a thing that they would have been able to use. Yeah. And I noticed throughout the trial, um, a lot of like the argument is what they can't prove that she did, you yeah. know? Uh, other than like you know this is what actually happened it was more like you can't really prove that for sure Mm -hmm. and I think it's because of you know the time that it took place in and also probably the location you know yes yeah so the town that they're in or the town that they're closest to is called Barclay in North Carolina which I believe is a fictional town in North Carolina that was created specifically for the novel Mm. um and Basically, what you see, what starts out as what could be a legitimate investigation, as far as I'm concerned, takes a really quick turn because, of course, uh, it's the South and everybody likes to gossip about everything. And, of yeah. course, so, of course, you know, the talk of the town is, oh, Chase Andrews was was killed and, oh, my goodness, like, he was so wonderful, yada, 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 whatever, amazing. Everybody loved him and how sad. But, of course, some people have different things to say where they're like, well, you know, he cheats on his wife and he, you know, flirts with other women and mm. stuff. So I don't know if he was really that great. Yeah. And from that stems the rumor that's gone around for a period of time, which is basically, oh, I heard that he was involved with the Marsh Girl, which is what they yeah. call the lead character, Kaya, who lives out in the Marsh and doesn't regularly go into town. Yeah. Um, everybody thinks she's weird. She's ostracized from the community. Um, and because of that, she's an easy target, of yeah. course. So people start speaking about the fact that there's something very wrong with her. And you can hear it. There's like diner conversations happening Mm. uh, where people are gossiping about it. And I love that that gossip leads to the sheriff overhearing that and then making a snap decision based on that to be like, oh, we should go pick up that Marsh girl and bring her in. Like what? But meanwhile, this elderly man who was a lawyer who's retired. Yes, yeah. Hears this gossip himself, sees what happens with the sheriff, and he decides to take himself out of retirement so he can defend her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, like Megan said, we're going back and forth quite a lot. Then we start to learn more about Kaya. And, you know, she's in this cell. She's talking to this lawyer. And she's looking back kind of on her life and why she's being ostracized mm-hmm. by the community. And so she grew up in a house on the marsh with her dad and her mom and her multiple siblings. I want to say maybe two brothers and two sisters, but yeah. I can't remember exactly how many there are. And she's the youngest of all of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're showing this picture of her and her mom, you know, 
having a great time with her mom, her siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, but her father has, I think, maybe insinuated he's got like PTSD from something. Quite possibly, yeah. yes. It's not, I don't remember if it's ever made incredibly clear, but he does have a very severe alcohol addiction. And he's very abusive yes. towards the family. And yeah. so, um, you know, Kaya's kind of showing her life. And then she says her mom left first. Um, and then shortly after, all of her siblings start to leave. Yeah, so unfortunately, that's it. Her mother at one point kind of reached sort of the end of her rope where it was kind of leave or wind up dead. Um, but of course, she would have had no means at that time to care for her children or take them with her. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, Kaya sees her packing up and leaving, assumes she's leaving for the day, but yeah. she's not. She's leaving for good. Yeah. Um, and she does not come back. And so followed by that, yes, her siblings leave, her sisters leave. And then finally, um, her brother, who she calls Jody, who's the closest brother in age to her, um, he makes his final decision to leave. So that leaves her, the youngest of the group, there with her father by herself. Yeah, and she says that, you know, she learned from the mistakes of others. Um, side note, Megan, you had said that in the book, she and Jody are very, very close. They were the closest when they were like kids because yeah. I think probably because they're the closest in age as yeah. well, but they did spend a lot of time together and he, he showed her on their little motorboat how to navigate yeah. the marsh and stuff. Like he was very, he would teach her things yeah. and give her advice about things and it's something that in the book she brings up every once in a while something that he used to say yeah like Jody used to come with me Jody used to show me so yeah um yeah so she says I learned from the mistakes of others and so she learns that the best thing to do is to stay out of her father's way yeah. as much as possible um but then you know she's a little girl and she says to her dad one day I'm hungry because you're realizing that he is such an alcoholic and so neglectful that he's not even giving her food. No, they don't you know, have she's, anything. She's filthy. She doesn't have shoes. She, all of her clothes are rags, you know. Um, and I do think it's worth um, noting. So this like partially snaps him out of things a little bit. Also, I think that it helped maybe that the entire family left. Yeah. Uh, and in the book, they don't talk about it in the show, in the show, in the movie yeah. at all. But in the book, um, there is this long period of time when we do see him showing her how to do things a little yeah. bit more and taking her places. Um, it's because he has stopped drinking at that yeah. point for a period of time. They don't really mention it in the film, but that's what's happened. He's stopped mm. um, and it's helping him have a bit of a clearer head overall. And so he's able to that's it, show her how to take care of herself a little bit more. Um, he introduces her to a couple of the other characters in the story named, uh, Jumpin and Mabel. So Mm -hmm. a husband and wife who own a small store just off of the marsh. Um, they're lovely Mm -hmm. and they, you know, they sell feed, they sell food, they sell gas Mm. for people's boats and stuff like that. Cigarettes. Like they just, they have like a little bit of like a general store store basically for everybody and specifically very catered towards the people who probably work as like fishermen and stuff like that as well. in the marsh. Yeah. Um, Like people who are out there. And so, you know, Mabel, when she meets Kaya for the first time in the movie, um, says to her, you know, are you going to school? And she's trying to get it out of her to figure out, you know, is this child going to school? She knows full well that she's not. No. Um, she knows that she's not being fed properly. And so she tries to kind of convince her to go to school. And I assume that in the sixties at this point, like it was just kind of like free enrollment for anybody. And you know, you get a hot meal if you go. So yeah, 
you know, it's such a heartbreaking scene. The actress that they chose for this is so cute. Um, she puts on one of her mom's skirts and a t-shirt and she has no shoes. So she goes walking through the town and she's absolutely filthy. Um, and the other kids are making fun of her and the lawyer sees her, um, and says, yeah, you, know, you run along now. You have every right to be there as much as they do. So she goes to school and again, in the movie, it, they made a, they make a bit of a show of her being in class and the teacher's asking her if she knows how to spell in front of the whole class. And she's very upset, very, you know, visibly upset. She goes to sit down and all the children are making fun of her, this, saying she's a marsh girl and she's dirty. Yeah, this scene um, is, I found, less impactful in the movie. In mm. the book, I believe that the teacher is the reverend's wife and she like berates her in front of people and is like you're really dirty you smell really bad like in front of the kids that are in class and it's really shit like the teacher in this doesn't really say anything or do very much and she actually scolds the kids a bit when they tease her yeah that does not happen in the book and I'm not surprised right um and so so Kaya doesn't stay there for very long she says she has one day in school yeah yeah she she never goes back she never goes back she says she she thinks she could learn more from the marsh anyway um and so and so her dad unfortunately so her dad's doing slightly better than he was before but one day um there's mail that shows up at their place and it's Mm. a letter from her mother and of course she doesn't read and she doesn't get a chance to open it to even try to see what it says he takes it reads it and whatever is in it sends him spiraling he burns the letter he yells at her tells her your mom's never coming back for you she's never gonna come and get you she doesn't want to see you blah blah Mm. get over it and unfortunately this leads to him starting to drink and gamble again which is what he was mostly doing before yeah um until one day uh he also disappears he also goes out and never comes back home um that i believe in the book and in the film as well is never answered we never know what happened to him he might have died he might have owed people money maybe they killed him probably he owed people money ran away probably died yeah had an accident like it's anything's possible but then she is truly alone um and she has to learn to um you know go find muscles and stuff like her dad was doing um, yeah her family was doing she has to figure it out by herself she's this tiny little thing but she has to eat right um and i can't imagine a lot of things on the marsh are edible so yeah so (laughs) she realizes so they had like a bag of grits and when it gets to the point where they're out of the grits she's like I need to eat food and she doesn't really know she was like six or seven so she doesn't really know how to make anything herself um so she you know since she had observed what her dad had done with jumping in Mabel's store she decides to do the same thing she digs up mussels takes the initiative to go to the store by herself and sort of ask them to exchange the muscles for food, Mm. basically, that she needs, uh, which they do. Um, But they begin to keep a very close eye on her because of the concern that they have because they're figuring out, you know, particularly Mabel is like, I'm sure her dad's gone now as well. Yeah. um, And, you know, all throughout this time, this boy Tate keeps showing up. Um, Yeah. He's the son of a shrimper, I think he says his dad is. Yeah, his dad's a fish fish person. A fish person. And so (laughs) Tate's always kind of hanging out on his boat. And this is where he meets Kaya. Um, And so they become friends. Um, You know, Tate has, I think, one of the scenes is he's left a a letter on her door a few years later, you know, when they're more grown up. Yeah, because he did, he knew where they were because him and Jody were friendly when they were kids. They used to pass each other on the marsh and they would hang out sometimes because they're about the same age. Right. So. And so he leaves her a letter and she doesn't know how to read um and so she feels very embarrassed and she goes to see him and says I don't know what you said there 
And so they just strike up this friendship um, where they like to learn together. They like to read. He, he teaches, teaches her, her to read. read. They learn all about biology. They learn about the marsh together. Mm -hmm. um, and she likes to draw what she sees on the marsh. Yes, very much. And yeah. she's she just becomes like a very talented artist because yeah. she's very good at sort of drawing from um, from reality yeah. what's right in front of her. Uh, and so she, and you know, she takes samples of things, different bird feathers are a big thing in the book that they do kind mm. of do that in the film as well. That's like a huge one. She's very fascinated by the different kinds of birds, um, and shells and like all that different sort of like the marsh life in general. And I'm sure that she's discovering brand new things that mm. people aren't even aware of simply, oh, yeah. through, simply through trial and error and being there every the day time. yeah and she has this respect for nature and yes. for the marsh that comes up quite a lot and i think that's why you know we're saying it's it's like another character in the book is like this whole ecosystem of life that exists around her that she she says a few times she sees herself as part of that ecosystem mm -hmm. you know that she's not there to disrupt anything she's just there to respect it and live amongst it you yeah. know um and so meanwhile, all this is happening. They're flip-flopping back and forth towards the trial. Um, the, you know, things are moving along a little bit. She's, you know, now starting to listen to people's testimonies. And for the most part in the movie, it's really just people saying that she's a weirdo. Um, yeah. And she probably did it, but they don't have enough evidence, you know, to pin it on her. There's no physical evidence, and prints have, were completely scrubbed from the uh, fire tower, yeah. including chases. So, like, they do, that does lead the police, obviously, to believe that maybe someone did do something to him, which is understandable. Because mm -hmm. um, if not, of course, there, you know, maybe it was a drunken accident. Maybe it was so many different things. Yeah. Uh, so they do kind of flip-flop. But we do see in the past that she, like Kaya and Tate, form uh, a very good friendship that does turn romantic eventually. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they like, you know, they like tell each other they love each other and they That's spend so all of cute. their time together. Um, and he... Basically, I think what the thing is with their relationship is that Tate wants to... Tate has, like, a war within himself of, like, between wanting to just be with Kaya and stay with her, but he's also trying very hard to get into university at the University of um, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, mm. and do that and do something with his life, and his father's very much encouraging him to do that as well. And so he does have, like an internal struggle a lot back and forth of like, oh, okay, I want to be with this person, but there's no way she's ever going to want to leave mm -hmm. where she is. So what do I do? I also want to go to school and I want to be able to succeed and like do something with my life. So there's a lot of internal struggle for his character mm. as well. I wish we saw it more because mm. only like two scenes maybe. I yeah. also wish these actors had better chemistry. No, he's very flat. Like their whole thing is very flat. Like it's like, I get it. Like from a, a theoretical point of view, but yeah. I'm just not feeling it between them. Just their love story in the novel is like quite lovely. Like yeah. it's very beautiful to sort of see how they, you know, from children to young adults basically form this really wonderful connection with one another and how they rely on each other. Like how she makes him happy and he 
um, gives her this sense of like peace and calm within where she is because mm. she knows that there's someone who's actually there for her when everyone else has abandoned her. Yeah. Um, so that does kind of culminate, unfortunately, in Tate does get accepted to UNC. Mm. And so, you know, he has to tell her that this has happened. And of course she has a bad reaction to it because she says, everybody leaves me. You're mm. just going to leave and you're never going to come back and you're going to forget about me. And he promises that he's going to come back in a month. And he's like, no, I'll be back. I love you. And so it's just this really sad scene where he goes away. She waits a month. She gets all dressed up. I mm-hmm. mean, like I said to Megan when we were watching this, I'm like, they even had like a meeting point and time. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's so sad. Um, and she waits for him and waits for him. And she ends up falling asleep on the beach only to wake up the next morning and realize that he's done the exact same thing. He's never, her. he's never come back really. Yeah. Um, so she's, you know, alone. Quite, she's again. devastated by yeah. this. Yeah. She's very, very upset. Um, but what she does wind up deciding to do, um, that luckily Tate did give her, you know, sort of the knowledge to be able to do this in the first place is through all of their research that they were doing together regarding the marshlands and everything within it. Um, he has given her the contact information for several publishers, book publishers so that she can submit her samples of sort of drawings and also descriptions and all of the information she's gathered about different aspects of the marshlands to them to potentially compile it into a book. That would be like an informational text that people would be able to buy. And so as this is happening, the, um, she's learned from Jumpin' and Mabel that the, um, a developer has come, is coming through the marshland because they want to drain the marsh and build hotels there. So they would potentially like to, uh, I guess buy her, like buy her piece of land from her. Mm -hmm. But what needs to happen first is that she needs to establish that she owns the property. Like it is hers. Yeah. Because if she doesn't, then they can just come and take it. They could just kick her out and they could mow down the house and it would be, no one would be the wiser. So she is able to get the information from the registry, like the city or town registry, whatever you want to call it. Um, because it was, you know, her ancestors, I think she said her grandfather, great grandfather originally built the property in like the late 1800s. And, So she says, oh, that's, you know, like it is mine. And all the, you know, all the clerk, like the county clerk tells her is he's like, well, you just have to pay the back taxes on it. And it's $800, which is not cheap. A lot of money. And especially for somebody who's just, you know, digging for muscles and just scraping by. So thank God that Tate had like had the forethought to like look into potentially publishing a book about this because she's able to... Um, take all of the knowledge that she has and all of like every all of this wonderful information that she's put together and submit it and it does wound up it does wind up being compiled into a book which is yeah. wonderful so then she receives she starts to get actual money I think she receives a, pre- a preliminary check of five thousand yeah. dollars which I double checked um, when we were watching yeah. and it's, I believe it's forty seven thousand dollars and some odd um, in today's money so that's yeah. not that's not nothing. No, and so she pays the back taxes very proudly. She's very cute. Yes. Um, and then she buys like a bunch of new clothes, mm-hmm. a bunch of furniture for her house. Um, Makes it into an actual house. Yeah. It was like a little shack and she was sleeping on a cot like in the solarium basically. Yeah. And so she ends up, you know, kind of setting herself up well. And so there's about a five year time span between when Tate leaves and when all of this is happening. Yeah. Um, and she's really, you know making something of herself and you can see that she's quite happy being alone I mean not happy but I mean she is alone and she's okay with it and then one day Chase um sees her yeah. Chase Crawford is his Andrews name? Andrews I think you're thinking of the guy from Gossip Girl right now <laughs> 
have, they should have hired him for this job. <laughs> At least they would have looked different. Okay, so, so our big beef with yeah. this was that the actor who played Tate and the actor who plays Chase look so exactly much alike. the same. Okay, when I was watching this the first time, it took me 10 minutes to realize that this was supposed to be a different person. Yeah, you're like, oh, is that... Is that not I was like, the same oh, Tate guy? came back and I'm like, wait, why is Tate being an asshole? <laughs> why is he just playing football on yeah. the beach with his friends and ignoring Kaya? That makes yeah. no so sense. So weird. Um, it, that was really what was going <laughs> through my mind. I'm like, oh, college boy came back and he can't talk to her anymore because now he's got a bunch of friends. Like he's Ugh. not like a fisherman anymore. That would have been terrible. Anyway. So Chase and Tate look exactly the same. Fuck, it's annoying. One of them has slightly lighter hair and that's it. That's it. Jeez. And so then he starts showing interest in Kaya. Um, he invites her to go for a picnic on his boat. And she mm-hmm. says, yes. And I'm like, girl, why? Um, <laughs> okay. So I need to clarify this a little bit. Um, in the novel, like we said, it is the same kind of story in the sense that like, you know, Chase Andrews is a super famous former football star, golden boy of the town. It's a small town. So I can only imagine the pickings are slim. Yeah. But, you know, he's... He's like former quarterback, and I is my understanding was that he's very handsome, like mm. very good looking, and like whatever. No offense to the actor, but it just like wasn't what I had pictured, mm. I guess, when I thought, and I kind of assumed he'd be bigger and stuff mm-hmm. than he was. Anyway, I don't know. So I think, I think that's part of it too. Is that like she does mention that part of the reason she's drawn to him is because he's you know so attractive and so charismatic, but yep. like. We didn't really get very much of that when we were watching the movies. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that casting choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they do form a relationship at first. You know, she's just kind of being friendly. Um, and he does make advances that she does rebuff because she's like, okay, no. just because you've she's taken like, me for I'm a fucking. Worth more than that. Yeah. yeah. She's like, just because you've taken me for a fucking picnic doesn't mean I'm going to put out, buddy. Um, yeah. So he does follow her and, you know, like he apologizes, et cetera. But he does manage to convince her, you know, to basically have a relationship with him. And he is. So this is a weird thing with this character. This character is a terrible person. He sucks. <laughs> Um, but my thing with him is that I think that there are instances where he's speaking to Kaya about expectations of him and stuff where I do believe that he's being truthful, that Mm. he feels like he has no choice in Mm. certain cases, but to behave a certain way, be seen with certain people, make certain choices regarding career Mm. and among other things. Yeah. Yeah, That's it exactly among other things. Um, so, you know, there are shades of an actual person in there and not just like an asshole, which is good because it, it gives, it lends more credence to that character. And I felt that these two actors had more, and I don't think chemistry is the word, but it was very evident what they were trying to pull off in terms of what their relationship was. Yeah, they it was played more off of, a, of each other well. Yeah, like it was more of like a convenience for Kaya, you know, like a companion, yeah. somebody to have around. But you could tell that she didn't, she didn't really like him that She wasn't much, like in love you know? with him like, particularly, it was, no. It was like, yeah, he's there and like he comes and he talks to me, but she just didn't seem too enthralled with him at all no and he's very self-absorbed so they did do a good job there I found um yeah you know that was very evident um and so then one day um you know Chase is with his buddies and Tate comes back and this was the moment when I realized that they were two separate people oh boy uh, <laughs> it took a while yeah seriously um, and so he comes back and he overhears Chase like you know talking like you know 
locker room talk about Kaya. Yeah, because um, they've had sex at this point. Yeah. Um, Chase and Kaya, just to yeah. be specific about it, so we don't get confused. They've had sex at this point, and it was... God, poor her. Anyway, yeah. you know, it was her first time, and they go to, like, a motel or whatever, and they and it's, like, literally, like, you know, <laughs> pull off the underwear pull down the pants two pump chump and then we're done basically yeah, I really and I was like and there was moment. no like you know there was no like and there was nothing romantic no about love, it not even no remotely nothing. no not at all um anyway so Tate overhears this and then he like kind of gets into fisticuffs with Chase um and then he immediately goes to see Kaya to tell her that like Chase isn't good enough for her but Kaya's reaction is like, fuck you. And yeah. she starts throwing things at him, like stones, because she's like, you left. You and left. You never came and back. You said you were coming back and yeah. you broke your promise and you didn't come back because you suck. Yeah. So, understandable. And, I get so it. So he's like trying to explain that like he felt really bad and he couldn't face her. And that's why it took so long because, you know, he went off to college and he thought that. He, he should stay away from her because she would never leave the marsh. So this is like, you know, at this point where I'm kind of like, huh, that's like a really weird thing to say. But, you know, having watched the movie twice now, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, you know, Kaya really does believe that she belongs in the marsh. For sure. Um, and because if you, the thing is, in her situation... Any time that she has left the marsh and ventured into town, yeah, anytime she's left, she's been greeted with animosity and hostility from people and just awful, like awful situations every single time that she's left. So, why would she leave? Why would she want to be anywhere else? It's true. And so, um, so he says that, you know, he realized that no job, no degree, no scholarship would be enough uh, to fill the void, basically, that she'd left. Yes. But she didn't care. It's like, a she, little melodramatic, but whatever, yeah, yeah. sure. She kept throwing things at him, told him to fuck off, basically. Yeah. So so he leaves. Off he goes. Um, and uh, then things start getting kind of ugly with Chase. Um, yeah. She, her book gets published. Um, things are going really well for her. Like, she's, she's got, like, another publication, I think. And so one day she's yeah, in town. Yeah, they're talking about a, a sequel. And so she's yeah. she's gone to town to pick up some stuff for dinner. Because she's like, oh, I want to make yeah, you a nice we'll dinner. Celebrate. Yeah. And then she sees him in town and he's visibly uncomfortable. And then a woman walks up and says, hi, I'm Chase's fiance. And of course, at this point, like this is where things get real ugly. Um, yeah, of course. So um, Kaya says nothing. She runs back home, mm-hmm. freaks out. Um, but as soon as she gets back home, she hears a boat and she knows that it's Chase coming to ch- chase after her. Ah, um, but She hides in a bush and, you know, he goes into the house and he starts like, you know, breaking things. Yeah, he's like and, kicking like, stuff and he's like, I know you're basically he starts acting like her dad. Yeah. And so she's terrified, um, and she then spends a few months, I believe, hiding from him. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lengthy enough period of yeah. time. There are several months between sort of when this happens and then before we get to like everything else that occurs afterward. Um, where that's it, she's becoming more and more nervous, and so. Mm. Unfortunately, that does culminate in one particular instance where she is working. She's, you know, drawing, and he, you know, comes upon her because he's been looking for her. And he's drunk. And he's drunk because, of course, he is. Yeah. Oh, God, men. Um, and decides that, you know, if I can't have you, no one can have you, and you yeah. should be grateful, basically, that I want to be with you in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. I want you, and I'm going to have you. So he attempts to assault her. Yeah. 
Um, she smashes she his head. smashes a big rock on him and she gives him like several kicks. We love a double tap. Oh, yeah. You could have just finished the job right then and there, but I understand why you didn't. So And he's like beating her up pretty good. Yeah, no, that's it. He's like, you know, he's hit her and everything like that and tried to assault her. So yeah, great. So she runs back home and she says, I now understand why Ma had to leave. You yeah. Know? And so she's like getting her stuff together, um, and she sees him coming up, and then sure enough, he does he come in and destroy her place? Yeah, he's point? already, she's run away, yeah. and when she comes back, he's destroyed a ton yeah. of the furniture. Oh, he's right. ripped yes. up a bunch of her that's pictures right. and her work. In her boat on yes. Marsh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, he's, he's like really vindictively like, like tore up her whole life. Oh, Yeah. Know? Um, but then they start kind of focusing a little bit more on the trial at this point. Yes. Um, so, you know, you've got more witnesses, more people who are becoming in, you know, who are coming in. And then what starts happening is that we're, we're getting a pieced, uh, together version of what occurred when Chase was killed. Mm. So basically what had happened was that Kaya had received an invitation to buy from her publishers mm. to go to a place called Greenville, probably a few towns away. I don't know. You can get there by bus. So I can't be that late mm. or that far away, I should say. Mm. Um, so, you know, people do testify that they saw her get on a 9 a.m. bus the morning that she said she was going to and go to meet those publishers, the publisher also testifies that he went out for dinner with her that night and spoke to her. And had breakfast with her the next morning. And had morning. breakfast with her the next morning. She seemed totally fine. No, no out of sorts, nothing whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and so it's becoming more and more, you know, sort of evident at that point that you're like, okay, well, this girl's being persecuted just for being different. Yeah. And there's nothing else to it really you know she was you know she was treated horribly by this guy he died and now you're just gonna fucking blame her for Mm. it basically so but then of course the the prosecutor is doing his job technically he is I know even though he sucks Mm -hmm. um and he's you know playing devil's advocate and saying well you know there's a a late like a 1 30 a.m bus back from Greenville and then a 2 30 bus from Barclay back to Greenville that she could have taken um, you know, if she'd come back in the middle of the night and all the businesses are closed, who would have seen her? Yada, 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 yada. But of course, you know, it does become apparent Seems afterwards. Seems very unfeasible. Yeah. yeah, because the neither of the um, the bus drivers have any recollection of seeing this girl at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and who her were publisher driving. said they saw her the next morning for yeah, breakfast. Yeah, that's it. She was there on time. She seemed fine. Everything yeah. seemed normal. And there have been no other instances. And there are no other witnesses yeah. to indicate that anything else has happened at all. And so, you know, her lawyer, who's Tom, who's the man who had come out of retirement to help her, he's, you know, quite adamant, like, you're just persecuting this person based on rumor and based on assumptions that you're making about her. And that is pretty much what he builds his case on as well. And luckily around this time too, or at least not long, I think before she was arrested, um, her brother Jody comes back, which is nice because they're able to like have some time together as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he comes back and they're able to reconnect and he's, you know, I love when he, when he's there, he's just like, you know, I didn't think you'd still be here. And I'm like, well, where else was she going to go? go? You all left her. You anyway yeah I know I know I don't get it anyway so they you know they reconnect which is great he's also at the trial to support her along with uh Mabel Jumpin Tate and his dad as well who are all there which is nice Mm -hmm. um 
the jury deliberates for like no time at all. It's <laughs> my understanding. I think it was a matter of hours basically. Um, and you're waiting, waiting to hear about this after all the closing arguments and they come back with a verdict of not guilty mm. and she's able to leave basically right away. Yeah. She doesn't reconnect with Tate right that second, but he does come to see her a little later on and they do they reconnect. Get a bow, wow, wow. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they get it on, you know, and they're, you know, fully in love, fully invested with each other. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to be, together and they in do the marsh yeah and they stay in the marsh they stay in the house they make it into a beautiful little cottage oh, really yeah. um and they spend decades there they spend i want to say probably 50 odd years yeah. there chances Aging, are and she's writing books she writes her and... books and i'm sure he's doing whatever research he was doing when after he went off to university and stuff and they yeah. have this wonderful and happy life together he'd asked her at one point like should we get married and she was like i feel like we're already married yeah. so you know it's not really necessary um until yeah, I believe that they're in their 70s at this point, and uh, Kaya does pass away in her boat. I want to assume, uh, you know, her heart might have given out. Who yeah, knows? Like, it could have been, yeah, very peacefully. You know, he finds her, and of course, he's upset about it, but there's this little montage of him packing up their whole lives mm-hmm. together, like all of the stuff from the house, and he's all donating a ton. Yeah, yeah, he's donating things to the university, which is nice and everything, and when he's getting to the end, we have an overlay of narration throughout the whole course of the film, but obviously there's some at this point too. Uh, You know, there's an overlay of narration of Kaya talking about how sometimes in nature, you know, certain predators do need to be taken out so that they don't persecute people. And so so they don't like disrupt the chain, the chain of nature and everything that's supposed to be happening. And when that does happen, uh, Tate comes across something in one of her notebooks where she does write about that, uh, which is a necklace. It's a necklace. that's a shell necklace on a little leather string. And this was a necklace that she had given to chase back when they were seeing one another that That was never found it was not on his body his parents indicated that he wore it every day Mm -hmm. so my assumption is that he did care about her at some point Mm -hmm. to an extent despite all of his faults in his own way in the wrong way and they were not right for each other however he did somehow i think in his brain he was in love with her for sure in his head he believed that he knew how yeah Yeah. that's it which was abusive and terrible and there you go um but of course so tate finds this and then realizes that she did in fact do basically exactly what the prosecutor said she disguised Mm -hmm. herself took the night bus back from greenville lured chase somehow up onto that tower pushed him and then left and went back to greenville the next day no one the wiser and he decides obviously he never wants anyone to know this so Mm -hmm. he takes the shell and he throws it into the water and he's like no one's ever gonna know that you know that happened it's so funny um in the movie maybe they wanted (laughs) maybe they wanted to make it so that like this is technically a bad thing you still you still shouldn't murder someone so like he's very upset when he finds this in the book the way that it's described he's very like wow, she really managed to pull that off. Like, he's kind of impressed (laughs) by it. But you would be, though. Like, this guy was so bad. And, like, so I was watching this with my husband. um, And, you know, we're watching this movie. We're, like, completely, like, glued to the TV. Like, what is (laughs) happening? And when her lawyer does his closing statements and he's, like, like sarcastically like so you really think that she described herself and she she yeah. sort of disguised herself and she got on a bus at 2 30 in the morning and he goes through this whole thing and we're both like oh yeah that's totally what she did she exactly she did, did. That, that's know? exactly what she did she yeah. disguised herself took the night bus back killed him so that 
she didn't have to live in fear of him anymore and wasn't forced to uproot herself from the only home she'd mm-hmm. ever known. Um, and then no one was really the wiser. Like, no. yes, she had to go through this, but she was, what, in prison for a couple of months, mm-hmm. probably in the grand scheme of things. And that was that was it. And she got to live out the rest of her life with mm-hmm. someone who she was happy with as well. Um, in the yeah. book, did they describe how she killed him or do they talk about it at all? No, the way that they do it is... The way that they do it is really based on Tate himself having a theory mm-hmm. of just like, you know, and he's just like, he basically where, what it is, the way it's described is like, he thinks back to like, you know, her, what it must've been like disguising herself, mm. taking the bus back, going mm. up the fire tower, doing that, taking the necklace, leaving and getting back on the bus and stuff. It's more done in that way. There's no actual, like, here's a scene of what she did yeah. exactly. They don't, they don't do that. She oh, doesn't do that when she writes it. So yeah, I thought they were going to do that in the movie. I was actually waiting for that. I'm like, come on. I kind of thought they would as well. Yeah. I was surprised that they, didn't go there but oh well whatever you know I guess it was, it was still very good a production um, choice I was like because I hadn't read the book when the movie ended I felt like it wasn't like a fulfilling enough ending yeah I was like I still had a lot of questions I was like oh my god I'm like did Tate help her because no in the movie, also no no I know but in the movie they um they try and like throw in like a red herring with it because at the crime scene they find a red um fiber oh yes yes on the body and and then, like, at some point in the movie, they show Tate with his dad, like, throwing, like, a hat or a sweater. I don't know what it is. It's a red garment. It's a cap. Like a, it's, like a cap a, it's like a beanie. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, okay, so, like, there is something red, like, and it's associated with Tate. So I was like, did Tate help her? And then I was like, did did Jumpin' and Mabel help no, her? No, because like, then he gives it to Kaya. Right. At one point where he's like, it's cold, you should take this. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want it. But you don't see confirmation that she kept the hat. Yeah. But she obviously kept the hat. And mm-hmm. I'm sure she stuck all her hair under there when oh, yeah. she was on the bus. Oh, yeah, to dis- disguise herself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100% that's what she did. Because she's like a criminal fucking mastermind. Well, she's apparently. extremely intelligent. Yeah, she's very intelligent and very resourceful so that does make sense um yeah so that was basically the entirety of the film itself um so I I wouldn't yeah well I mean for me definitely the book was better Mm -hmm. for sure um just because it's so much more immersive Mm. and yeah, there were some things that, you know, I almost wish they had pointed out a little bit more in the film for plot purposes and that I wish that the actors had better chemistry in this movie. Oh, yeah, they're just terrible. Yeah, they did not. They did not really fit very well at all, which was disappointing, which was too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was mostly just stuff like that. So it did, like, you know, it was a faithful adaptation. Yes, it looked good. Yes, but it did leave me wanting more it's from got it. Some banging tunes. Yeah, Taylor Swift's song at the end there. Is yeah, great. that's it. Well, Reese Witherspoon can get people to do stuff like that True. for movies that she produces. So, True. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it did leave me. It left me wanting more from it. Um, but that being said, you know, some of the performances were very good. Um, I do prefer Jumpin' and Mabel in the film versus in the book because they don't feel so stereotypical in the way that they speak and the way that they act. The language that's used, I know, in the novel has been criticized um, for just the way that they portray the characters, which I do understand if you, when you read it, you're like, "Eh, yeah, that's... But the most interesting thing about it... Oh, my God. Is the author herself. Is the author herself. So after her, you know, not book-turned movie started to gain so much popularity, yeah. in July of 2022, the police actually brought her in for questioning 
or murder that happened in the 90s. In Zambia. In because Zambia. apparently her, Delia Owens and her husband were apparently living in Africa at that time. They're like animal activists, yes, I believe. Yes, yes. And there was something, I don't know all the details. And again, you go read about this if you want to and make of it what it's you will. very obscure. Yes, but there was a question regarding an unsolved murder from 1996, yeah. I believe, in Zambia of a poacher. And they had been on Dateline for this or whatever with Diane Sawyer. Yes, exactly. I think it was. It was Dateline. It was an ABC 2020 or Dateline special or something In like the 90s. That. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, at that time. And for some reason, I believe this broadcast aired this person being killed, which like, whoa, 90s? Yeah. What were you doing? Oh, it was a wild time. Yeah, weird, <laughs> weird. Anyway, make of that what you will. There are like several articles online. If you just Google Delia Owens, you'll find some information about that. Um, and I don't know what's going on with it now, mm. but it was yeah during the summer her she was she was sought after for questioning and did I think was brought in for questioning regarding that particular case so that was a weird thing to learn yeah and that's why there was like quite a lot of controversy around this movie yes so like when the movie came out obviously the book became even more popular it got like a little resurgence <laughs> yeah. and um and I think I read a lot of you know kind of hate being like saying like why are we giving so much attention to this woman who's a murderer and all this and I'm like whoa okay um, <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean um so yeah so there's been quite a lot of like you know strange media around this um overall very good movie I'm gonna Megan brought me the book so I'm gonna read that yeah um, now you'll have to I'm, I'm just gonna want to hear your opinion yeah. after you've read the book and you need to let me know yeah what you think um because yeah it's a weird it's at a weird middle ground for me it was a faithful adaptation but there was just lacking there were just lacking elements well even watching the movie a second time like I could see it you know because I knew I knew what the story was at that point or I'd seen it once um and I could see that the characters didn't have any chemistry I could see that like maybe who they chose for Kaya wasn't maybe the best choice. Like, no hate to that actress. I think she's very no, good. No, Daisy Edgar Jones is a good actor, but it's just, yeah, it's not, again, again, you form, you know, ideas in your head when you're reading a book, and there are just certain things about the characters that I was like, yeah. eh, I don't know about this. Yeah. But, you know, overall, no, not a bad watch. Yes, an interesting and entertaining story if you're, you know, looking for something like yeah. that. And it's entirely possible if you enjoyed the book, you will probably enjoy how faithful to the novel this adaptation is. That's not something you can always say. Yeah, so, it's true. It's true. so just be grateful for it when you can, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Um, so have you guys seen this movie and read the book? A lot of you have read the book, but if you, you know, seen the movie and read the book and you have opinions about it, we would love to hear about them. So you can let us know over on Instagram at fully booked CA. You can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. Um, and if you're still here, thank you so, so much for joining us on this weird journey of this first kind of year that we've been tackling the idea of doing this podcast. Um, I don't think, I still think most of the time we have no idea what we're doing, but I hope that if you're here, you're enjoying yourself and you would like to, you know, stick around and keep doing this with us for a while. So until next year, guys, keep on reading. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone.